You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. The New York Mets, not part of the postseason picture, but that does not mean there was any shortage of exciting moments for the Mets in the 2017 regular season. And to help us break it all down, our Mets beat reporter for MLB.com, Anthony DeComo. Anthony, we thank you for joining us today. And, uh, you know, Anthony, as I alluded to, uh, the Mets obviously not a postseason team. And, uh, you know, anytime your, your mascot gets caught flipping the bird, it's a tough season. I mean, I think on that we can all agree. Uh, given that, uh, given some of the off-field uh, issues that the Mets had, the injuries, obviously, to starting pitchers, it just was not their year, a year where they uh, had a lot of promise heading into 2017, just didn't work out. But nonetheless, uh, you and the other beat reporters submitted your top 10 lists uh, for the top 10 moments of the teams that you cover. So when you kind of break that all down, just to name a couple, Yoenis Cespedes had a three-homer game against the Phillies back in early April. Uh, Jacob DeGrom had some good outings, uh, complete games. He won a career-high 15 games, one of the few starters that uh, did not get hurt this year. Mets had that 16-inning win against Miami. Michael Conforto homer twice in Seattle where he grew up. So when you look at the whole ball of wax, uh, for your money, what was the most uh, exciting moment of the Mets' 2017 season? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as a Mets fan, it probably has to be one you didn't mention, and that was the day Dominic Smith debuted in Philadelphia, and Ahmed Rosario wound up hitting a go-ahead home run in the ninth inning of that game. And uh, it was one of the few moments on that list where you can look at it and you can say, okay, you know, we've got something good brewing here. We've got something that we can build on and and that will help us uh, next season. And I think that's, you know, for so much of this season, that was all the Mets had. Uh, They were effectively out of the playoff race early in the year. Uh, really, by June, July, they were totally out of it. And from that point on, it became it became uh, what you know. What can we look forward to? What will help us here in 2018? And I think uh, Ahmed Rosario, in particular, was a huge bright spot for the Mets. He played very well down the stretch. Uh, had a couple of little minor injuries that kept him off the field at times, but overall, uh, he was a very bright spot. And, and this team can look to him as as it's starting shortstop going forward and as an anchor of, of what it wants to be going forward. And, and, you know, Dominic Smith didn't have quite as much success as Ahmed Rosario, but the pedigree is also there for him. And people are very excited about him and, and what he could potentially be in the future for this team. Uh, he will also have a chance to, you know, break camp with the team, be a starting position player for the team next year. So I think it all kind of coalesced that one night in Philadelphia when Smith came up and Rosario hit that big home run and, uh, probably, you know, one of the brighter moments of the entire season for the Mets. Yeah, and the night that you're referring to uh, was August 11th. Like you said, Dominic Smith makes his debut. Ahmed Rosario hits the go-ahead home run in the late innings, and the Mets go on to beat the Phillies 7-6. to And, uh, Anthony, like you said, you know, Mets fans, uh, without a lot to kind of latch on to for the current 2017 season, they kind of, you know, look to these young guys as beacons of hope for the future. At what point this season, though, did you kind of sense from the Mets fan base that, you know what, this is a lost cause right now, and we really have to start turning the page and building for the future and looking forward 
to the next season? Like, you know, like I said, at what point did you kind of sense the fan base made that transition? Yeah, I don't know if there was a, a singular moment. You know, if you had to point to one, it would probably be, uh, you know, they went into the all-star break and it certainly wasn't looking good, but, but there was a slim chance they could kind of play their way back into it. And they did. And, and that West coast trip right off the all-star break, uh, the Mets wound up trading Lucas Duda when the team was in San Diego. And I think that was the first kind of the first, uh, cannon shot that was okay. Uh, in addition to it looking unrealistic, I think the front office is acknowledging that it's unrealistic. And, you know, that followed with trade of Addison Reed and eventually Neil Walker and, and Jay Bruce and Curtis Granderson followed out the door. And, uh, but yeah, right after the all-star break, uh, that West coast trip and that trade of Lucas Duda, I think it, uh, it was the first day that it was almost like the first day that someone spoke out loud, what everyone had been thinking, what everyone knew that this team wasn't, uh, for a myriad reasons was not going to compete this year. And it was a weird clubhouse that day. Lucas Duda was in the clubhouse. He found out very shortly after it, after or I believe very shortly before actually the clubhouse opened to media that he was going to be traded and it was just kind of a quiet atmosphere in there. Everyone kind of knew unspoken what was going on. And uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of the first domino that fell and, and July and August were all about those trades. And, and September was about, as I said earlier, about looking ahead because uh, so many of the guys that were key parts of the 2017 team are now gone. And uh, you know, Lucas Duda isn't helping the Mets anymore. They have to go out and they have to look and, and they have to fill pieces from outside. Yeah, as uh, you know, players are also often reminded uh, in the harshest manner, this is a business at the end of the day. And to see these uh, core guys, these veteran guys uh, go to other teams, it's not easy because it's such a family atmosphere during the course of a season. You spend more time with your teammates than you do your actual families for six, seven months of the year, and that's always got to be tough. Anthony, to kind of piggyback off of that as somebody who has spent so much time with these guys, you know, before, during, after games, uh, interviews, and so forth, uh, personally, who were you the most disappointed to see go from that group that you mentioned? You know, by and large, it was it was a good group of guys that they did trade off and, and good, solid players. Um, gosh, who was I most disappointed to see go? I mean, from a selfish perspective, as someone who, who covers the team, I think uh, – Neil Walker and Curtis Granderson both were, you know, tremendous guys to cover. Uh, really true professionals, uh, the types of guys that make our job as as sports writers, as journalists, easy. Um, and I think certainly uh, their role in the clubhouse uh, was was similar to that. Just the the same respect and all that they afforded to us in the media. Certainly they afforded to their teammates, and both of those guys were um, were were big clubhouse leaders. Um, you know, Jay Bruce and Addison Reed weren't around quite as long, but Lucas Tudor was a guy that I've covered since the day he came up. Uh, so that was an interesting one to see him go. Uh, you know, having covered his entire career from day one until the day he went to the Rays, uh, it's always it's always kind of weird when you see that happen. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was it's never easy for a team to go ahead and, and part ways with players that have helped them in the past and. By and large, a lot of those guys helped the Mets when they got to the World Series just two years ago. So uh, it, it was kind of, in a way, almost the end of an era. But uh, the Mets certainly wouldn't want me to phrase it that way because they don't see this as an end of an era. They see this as a team that, uh, while it has lost those veteran pieces, still very much wants to compete and uh, still thinks that that window that, that first opened for them in 2015 is still open. Uh, despite the bad year, 
here in 2017. So um, it was uh, it was a weird summer with all of those trades, certainly, and it's it's never easy to go down that road. But it was something the Mets ultimately had to do. Yeah, agreed on all points. And like you said, it was only uh, two years ago that this team was uh, playing for a world title. It it seems like much longer considering all the turnover, all the transition that this franchise has gone through since then. Uh, Anthony, getting back to the uh, the top 10 list, uh, or maybe this was one that didn't make your top 10, but when you go back during the course of a season, what was in your eyes just a moment that simply shocked you and just knocked your socks off and something you just didn't see coming? Something I just didn't see coming. Um, you know, the most, to me, the, the most shocking moment of the entire season happened way back in April, and that was April 30th, and that was after a week's worth of drama with, with Noah Syndergaard and having a little biceps tendonitis and having the, the arm feel a little cranky and then ultimately refusing that MRI that MRI that now lives in infamy, uh, going out, watching him pitch on the at Nationals Park and, and just all of a sudden throwing one pitch and coming up in pain and walking off the mound and lo and behold, we didn't see him again until September, uh, you know, in a season that was filled with and defined by injuries. That was the biggest one bar none. It's their best player, certainly at least their best pitcher. And they missed him for five months of the season because of an injury that, you know, if not could have been avoided, certainly could have been minimized if maybe he had gone in and taken that test and everyone had been a little more careful and checked their boxes and covered their bases a little a little better. So I, I think, you know, if you had to encapsulate the entire Mets 2017 season in one picture, it would be Noah Syndergaard walking off the field that day, kind of, kind of clutching at his arm. Uh, that was, that was the Mets season. That was, you know, just typified everything that went wrong. And certainly, you know, you can never really see injuries coming with that one in particular. Uh, I, I just didn't see coming in. It was a, it was, it was, kind of laid the groundwork for everything that came that came after. Yeah, like you said, the the MRI that wasn't uh, the MRI that will <laughs> you'll kind of go down in infamy in Mets history. But having said that, good to see that uh, Thor came back late in the year, uh, hitting triple digits. He looked like his old self, and hopefully uh, he and DeGrom can be a, that one-two punch again at the top of that rotation in uh, 2018. In terms of uh, – you know, people or personnel departing this team. Obviously, Terry Collins is on that list, too. He will not come back in 2018. And I believe, if I have my facts correct, that uh, he announced uh, after the final or, or the next-to-last regular season game that he was not going to come back, if I have that right. But uh, I know that some people kind of speculated that his days were numbered. But nonetheless, for a guy that has had a lot of success leading this team, you know, playoff appearances, a pennant, and so forth, was that shocking to you, or was that something you kind of saw coming? No, the right the writing was on the wall here, and it was actually the last game that you know he he came out after the game, and the news had broke by that point. But he announced his uh, his resignation, and you know the writing was was on the wall. I don't think anyone around the team really expected him to be back. But you know what I say with regards to Terry Collins is is that. Uh, Maybe things got a little uglier than it had to at the end, both certainly with with the quality of, of what happened to this team on the field and also just with the way things were handled down the stretch. But I, I would hope that doesn't take away from what he accomplished and from what he meant to the franchise uh, over seven years as the manager. Um, you know, 
Terry Collins was not without his flaws, but he also took this team from a place after the 2010 season where they were, you know, in no shape to compete. They were one of the worst teams in baseball with one of the worst farm systems in baseball, and, and the future was bleak. And he was supposed to be, you know, the manager that just kind of helped them rebuild. And by the time they were they were ready to be good again, uh, the general perception was that he would be gone. But he defied those expectations. He wound up taking them to the World Series. Uh, he has gone down as the longest tenured manager in Mets history and certainly one of the most successful managers in Mets history. He's one of two guys to take them to the playoffs in back-to-back years. Uh, he's one of only a handful that has taken them to the World Series. So it's uh, it was a successful tenure for Terry Collins, certainly. And I, I would hope with the perspective of a little time, fans can appreciate that. And, and in spite of, of certainly his flaws, which I won't ignore, uh, you know, that he did a pretty good job here. Yeah, he certainly did. And, of course, the, the end is never pretty for anybody in any profession, especially this one. But like you said, he did a lot of good things for the Mets uh, for a number of years, and that should not go overlooked. Uh, Anthony, to uh, wrap up here, to go outside of the Mets bubble, of course, as we're talking now, there are six teams uh, still alive to be the 2017 World Series champions. It's going to be at least five by the end of this night as the Yankees and Indians play game five. It could be four if the Cubs uh, finish things off right now against the Nationals. That game just underway. Give me uh, your ideal World Series matchup right now. Just as a fan, what are the two teams you want to see in the Fall Classic? Yeah, you know what? For for me, it's it's it, it kind of has to be the Dodgers in the National League. They've been, you know, with the exception, obviously, of that big hiccup they had down in August. Uh, I believe it was August. You know, they've been the best team, wire to wire. They deserve to be there, and anything can happen in the playoffs. But you know, they looked pretty good in dispatching the Diamondbacks. So I'd, I'd like to see the Dodgers make the World Series. I think they're a good story, um, and certainly from a Mets perspective, there are there are some storylines there with. Obviously, Justin Turner, Curtis Granderson getting traded there this year. Uh, there are some things of interest happening in Los Angeles for Mets fans. Um, you know, for the American League, I, I would kind of say the same thing. I think the Indians were preseason favorites to win the American League. They haven't showed a whole lot uh, to really show me that they that they're not still the favorites. And obviously, the Yankees are giving them a tough series right now, and and the Yankees might, might very well send them home tonight as we record this podcast and if so i would watch out for the yankees because yankees dodgers would be a pretty good matchup too in october but but ultimately i think uh you know dodgers indians that to me those are the two best teams in baseball and if you get a situation uh, that actually happens more rarely than you think with the two best teams in baseball facing each other in the world series for all the marbles that's that's pretty cool yeah absolutely i think yankees and dodgers is the the network executives dream with uh the two markets uh new york and la obviously but to see this indians team make it again they now have the longest active uh championship drought now that the cubs are off that island uh 1948 the last time the tribe won it all so Sign me up for Indians Dodgers as well. That's something I would love to see, but the Yankees might have something to say about that by the end of the night. Anthony DeComo, a pleasure as always. We'll do it again soon. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, New York Mets.